Open Mic is a podcast brought to you by Bethel Express of America. So after being active at out at Brockport with Golden Heights um, and working with youth groups there, you transitioned to on staff at Bethel Christ, well Bethel Full Gospel back then mm-hmm. um, as uh, by faith and you're. I believe at that time, when we think about the fivefold ministry, you were an evangelist and segued into pastoral um, duties also. Can you tell us what the transition was and how you were set up for ministry in terms of uh, evangelism and youth? It was all coming up. I saw, I mean, looking back, of course, there was no way that I would have seen what I now know, but... Back then, I saw it happening, coming forth, even when I was a resident director. Students in my building were getting saved. Um, students in my bu- students in my building did not want beer parties anymore. I was praying in the rooms during the ho- you know during the holidays. I'm, I'm I'm the only one in the building, so I'm praying. Uh, I had you know one particular staff member get saved, but people were from other parts of the campus who are observing me. A lot of people knew about my past, my mili- black militant past, so they were noticing the difference in me. They saw me even talking to white people, let alone not having them get beat up or anything like that and stuff. You know, they just saw, uh, they they definitive, definitively saw a different Michael piece, no question about it. And, and so I was leading people to the Lord back then because, you know, I was working out the Great Commission anyway. But of course, the the work of an evangelist, like the like the Apostle Paul says, he, he said, do the work of an evangelist, and that really meant, you know, what well, he was saying that to Timothy. But he was saying, you know, that that means to reach the lost and make them disciples, to reach the lost to make disciples, and that's really what evangelism is. And that was really what I was doing, and I was committed to that. And I knew that the Lord had called me at, at that 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 stage and phase of my life to do so. And I walked in that accordingly. When I got to to, to, to to Rochester at Bethel, the borders expanded even greater because I was working with Jack Legatella and a few other people. So we were going to the in you know the the low income low income housing communities here in Rochester. You know, some people call it the projects, the PJs, you know, all the same thing. And we were reaching young people, even families, um, in the projects. And it just began to grow even more from that. And I just had, I was get, I had gotten a significant amount of exposure and opportunity because when we were at, at our original, our home church, um, Golden Heights Christian Center, um, I was in the worship band and we ended up becoming a band even, you know, autonomous of worship. Uh, you know, in, well, let me say it another way. In addition to being a worship band, we were a band and we played you know, jazz, funk kind of a stuff, all instrumental, some lyrical, but mostly, you know, instrumental. And um, so I was the percussion player, and they also would do some music that would make it possible for me to rap. So I was still getting upfront exposure, and it was putting me in a position, once again, I did not know it then, but, you know, in time, you know, to develop my, my relational skills with the public and with, you know, being in front of crowds, being on stage and things of that sort. And so by the time I'm at, at, at Brock, I mean, at Brock, by the time I'm at Bethel, I've had some experience. I, I was exposed to other people who were well known, one of which was Steve Fry. And I mean, people sing some of Steve Fry's music today. And he saw me once at, at Bethel and he saw my rapping ability. And he asked me to join his band when we went to Los Angeles 
1984 for the Olympic outreach, LA Olympic outreach. And there the whole world came to LA, you know, for the, for the Olympics. And so um, I, I played percussion in his band and then his band would also make a way musically for me to rap with that as well. And so I got tremendous exposure. We had 17,000 Christians converge on LA for a week, week and a half. So they were all seeing me and no record contract, none of that. I was just doing what God wanted me to do and, you know, and enjoying it. Um, and it just began to grow from there. And so so me being in full-time ministry, all of those things were already starting to unfold. They were they had already unfolded, actually. So I was both a rapper, a musician playing with drums and percussion, and then they found out that I had substance. You know, I say that factually. I had substance to communicate the gospel to people. Well, I want to go back, though, too, because when you were at Bethel, uh, you worked specifically with youth there. So it's almost like uh, you were a mentor as well as being mentored. What was that uh, impact? How did that change things for you? It had changed things for me in a great way because I was, at that point in my life, I had been around adults. Most, you know, at this point, I, you know, I'm like 26, 27, and I had been in, a, in an all adult community and lifestyle at, at, at that point for about eight or nine years because of Brockport um, and, you know, being, you know, a college campus. And so uh, that was definitely different for me. But because of my ability just to communicate and, and to relate, the best way I thought that I could, uh, the young people were re- in the youth group were responding to me. The name of the youth group back then was called The Vineyard, and they were responding to me relationally, and they would ask me questions. And, you know, you you, you run a college dorm, you, you're getting kids right out of high school. So they're still, still, they're still teenagers for all intents and purposes. And so I was able to, to see, you know, what life would be like if you don't follow Jesus because I had a building full of them. Um, and so I think that helped me with my ability to communicate to young people in our youth group. And that went, ext- so my min- my ability to minister and the, way in- and the way in which I was ministering was greatly enhanced by me being a youth leader and a mentor with the youth group. Mm-hmm. So what was a pinpoint person there that helped you? We all have someone in our lives that helped bring us to another level or a different level or a higher level. What was that for you? Um, I, you know the people at Brockport, right? You know, and so how did did it become different at Bethel? Bob Crosby, Pastor Bob Crosby, and his wife Pam Crosby. Boy, I tell you that if the Lord, you know, they said you know when certain people the Lord made and He broke the mold. Um, I wish He would make a mold and mold more people like the two of them because they. They they were the biggest encouragement and support to me on all and every single solitary level of life and ministry. And they did such a great job of it. And they did, they really, without realizing what they were doing, they were preparing me to do, not just to do ministry, but to do effective ministry, to think about how I say things, what I'm saying, to think about how people are hearing what it is that you are saying, Um um, how to how to be careful with what you say, you know how to tame your tongue, how to how to navigate the use of your tongue, how to navigate how you live your life, knowing that people are watching you at all times, people that you know are watching you, people that you don't know are watching you, um, and so I learned all of those things 
by just being around them and in being in conversations with them. Right. Now, you, they were also gifted musicians. Yes. Share that about how it affected you. Oh, I, well, once again, I ended up playing and being the drummer for their um, for for their for the the worship team for the youth group, and it started with me playing percussion, and then uh, one of the the drummer moved on to go to college, so I ended up being the drummer, and so once again, there I am all over again. Still, no record contract. I'm just doing what I'm doing with music, and uh, uh, every opportunity that that I had, and every opportunity that we had as a band, we would go out, be out, and play, and attract people and and give people a chance to give their life to the Lord. So can you share some of the uh, the uh, music productions or uh, interactions you've had with other bands through Vineyard Ministry? Oh, man. I met, met the guys from Petra. I met the guys from DeGormo and Key. I met the amazing, great, infamous Jesse Dixon, um, um, Alvin Slaughter, Babby Mason, all of these folks I met. Um, I, I met, uh, oh, the Bob, uh, well, Allies. I forgot Bob's name now. He's the one that did this song, Butterfly Kisses. But he was in the band Allies. Bob Carlisle. Yeah, Bob Car- Carlisle. I met him. All of these folks I met before I ever was in the music industry. Um, Kim, oh, man, Kim, 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 Kim. Oh, Kim, if you listen to this, please forgive me. I forgot your last name. I'm in my 60s now, Kim. But anyway, uh, it'll come to me in a moment. I met, so I met all. I was exposed to all of these people. Uh, oh, oh yeah, uh, uh, um, uh, Phil, uh, Phil Driscoll. Oh, you name it. I met all of these people. No record country. Just meeting them and just just watching them, getting an opportunity, an opportunity to observe them, and and see how the Lord used them and 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 how to be available to the Lord for all of those things. And it was just an amazing experience. Once again, I did not know where I was headed. I just know that I was being put in a position to learn these things. Mm-hmm. So now you went to- Kim Boyce. Boyce. <laughs> Kim Boyce, yes. Uh-huh. I got it, Kim. I got it. <laughs> so you said you ended up in Los Angeles during the 1994 outreach. 84. 84. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was there, too. I oh, know. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so you ended up there, meeting Steve Fry, and I remember that you were playing, at that point, the Dragon Drums. Dragon Drums, And 700 yeah. Club was there, and what did they only get a picture of? My feet. Because I was known for when I played, I was known, I, I was feeling, it was not an act. I was feeling the music, so when I was playing the Dragon Drums, which are like 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 four bongos with four different kinds of um, uh, sounds. Um, I would just jump when I played. When I played, I jumped. I just felt the music so much that I did not. I, I did not ever stand still ever because I just felt the. And so, Seven Hundred Club was doing a story on Christians being at the LA Olympics, and they put they put the camera on my feet. Now, of course, I don't know any of this. I did not even know that Seven Hundred Club was there. I did not find out until we got back to Rochester that the folks, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Geraci, Mr. and Mrs. Gerace, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Barb and Peg Gerace, they, they, Barden, Barden Gerace, thank you, Barden Gerace, the, uh, they told me that um, 700 Club did a story and I was in the story and all they did was put the camera on my feet and I was jumping the whole time. <laughs> 
And the camera was going up and down. And the camera was going up and down, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he really helped position you to meet people in music. And you also, uh, you know, learning as you're you're expanding your musical skills, you're expanding your rapping abilities and your, um, your uh, dates and things like that, you were still pretty much solid at Bethel doing ministry. Name yes. some of the ministries that you were working with. I was working with the college and career ministry with Jack Lagatella. When he would be out of town or even when he was in town, he would ask me to teach uh, Pastor Bob Crosby, of course. He was a youth pastor. He was over the, He was over both college and career and youth ministry, senior high and J high ministry, um, or middle school ministry. Um, and so I was involved with that. I was involved with doing evangelism out in the streets when we would go over to the, the, to the projects, low-income housing communities, PJs, whatever you want to call it doing ministry with them, and I really enjoyed that. I mean, to this very day, God is is my witness. Uh, I see stuff on Facebook, people referencing uh, the fact that, you know, I, we were out there ministering right there in the projects. You know, literally, they would say, how many of you remember um, when uh, Bethel Express, they used to come in when we were living in the PJs, and who was the guy that would be the rapper and everything? And I'm watching them dialogue live on Facebook talking about me. I'm glad it was good. But, you know, they, they, they were talking about me. So so those are the kind of ministries that that I was involved in um, during that time, you know, going into schools whenever we had an opportunity as well. And so before you uh, got involved in going traveling and doing the full-blown music, um, there was a ministry that God spoke to you that became a part of your heart because of some of the little girls that were in it. Yes. And so tell us about that. When we were doing the outreaches and the the, the the projects and everything, I got involved with the um, ministry. It was the Urban Children's Outreach Ministry, which is now called Bethel Express. The original name for Bethel Express for that ministry was the Blue Goose Express. And we called it the Blue Goose Express because we gave this blue bus that we were driving around picking up the kids in, we called it the Blue Goose and so it went from being called the Blue Goose Express to uh, uh, Lewis and Pam Perez, Pastor Lewis and Pam Perez, really taking that ministry on. Jack and I, we were just, you know, just ministering, you know, just just going over and evangelizing. But we are not, we did not start Bethel Express or anything like that. But uh, but it was becoming something. And Pastor Ron Domino, I was seeing Pastor knew something was happening, and he got Pastor uh, Lewis and Pam Perez to become the the founders of Bethel Express. And yes, they, they, all these all these cute little girls, boys too, but the cute little girls, I guess maybe they even saw fatherhood in me even in those days, you know. Um they 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 just took a shining to me um because of what I was like. And so uh to this very day, in fact, I see them on my desk, pictures of them on my desk right now uh from from those days. And those are great f- fond memories, great days we had. Yeah, it's amazing because I, I think of when you were the college and career minister, and before we even were married, uh, I'd come downstairs on my way there, and these two little girls with cute, big almond eyes and one with freckles. They both actually have freckles. Mm-hmm. And I would go, hi, Sherry, hi, Sarah. And all they would go is, Michael P's here. 
And I'm like, yeah, he's in the he's in the gym. Go on, you know. I was like, man, they really like this guy. But I know that um, Bethel Express at that point, because it dealt with so many issues with with children and uh, and parental issues, it became one where uh, it expanded what you do by having children stay in your home that yeah. needed a, a respite or a little visit. Um, and at those days, it was really safe um, with Bethel. So yeah, yeah. The, the nowadays we we could not get away with the things we got away with back then legally. Um, I mean, we were just as legit you and I having children stay in our home, but we would not be able to get away with the things that we did. What I mean by that is, we we Those I mean now I mean nowadays yeah. yeah nowadays you have to and, and and understandably so and agreeably so you know you have to be vetted now. You you can't just say oh these are nice people yeah my children can go with them. You that doesn't work anymore. You know, or, you know, they're, they're really nice people, they're a nice couple, and they're making an impact on my kids. You know, sure, you could go with them. It's like, no, we need it. We, you know, you have to be vetted, you have to be screened, uh, understandably and agreeably so. So I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression that, you know, things have changed and things are different, like, like as if I don't appreciate what we do now, like that, how things are now. But back then, they were a lot easier, and we were. You know, we were able to do things that we had to be more careful about and maybe not even do. You know, I'm always careful, always careful how I hug kids these days. I still hug them, but, you know, I, I'm I'm way more sensitive and careful and cautious. And, you know, because of the kind of world that we're in right now. And that's one example. So you were traveling a lot more. And what was the commitment that you made in terms of, there's always has to be a balance when you do ministry. And and then you had the music on. What was your balance in terms of when it came to Bethel Express? Well, I'd, I'd perfect example. 10 o'clock a.m., I was on 700 Club in Virginia. By 10, 10 p.m. that night, I'm in the sanctuary putting envelopes in the back of the pews. Um, I'm, you know, 10 o'clock the next morning, I'm taking phone calls and I'm talking to people who walk off the street they need help. I I I did the proverbial clean the toilets and you know when the when the custodians weren't around or there was a need for other people to, you know, put an extra hand in there. And so I was trust me, I was normalized. I'm in front of 30 million people one hour, 12 hours later, nobody sees what I'm doing, but I'm doing the real do, the real work. So, and you also made a commitment that you would travel and be back for Bethel Express That's on right. Saturdays. That's right. And so it was really, I was able to see that, the impact mm-hmm. and what your presence meant to so many children here in yeah. Rochester. And it's amazing that you've been able to see the fruit of those very ones in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, and the the um, lives that they lead in, in wonderful positions of yeah. employment and nursing mm-hmm. and getting things done Amazing and having their stuff. own families. So, yeah. And all I can remember was, you know, I had some that liked it because they didn't have a shower. And so they wanted to come to the home mm-hmm. just to take a shower. You Someone know? had not ever had a shower. They were used to taking a bath. Taking a bath. Maybe. Yes. But a shower, yeah. never. Yeah. So I know that Bethel Express um, went through different... Uh, hands of leadership, and that's something that we'll uh, look at uh, down the road. Um, but altogether, there's been that transition from Brockport to Bethel to uh, around the United States and the world to Bethel Express, because you did travel out of the country uh, with the band. 
Mm-hmm. And you traveled a lot of places here with the band, and then even places because of the extended work that you did as uh, an asset to the community and some of the things you taught. But we'll save that for another round. And we'd like to thank you, all our listeners, uh, for tuning in today. Catch us where we will talk about Mike Peace and how he leads an organization called Bethel Express of the USA. Yeah. Bethel Express of America. Till then, be well, stay safe. Mm-hmm.